1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal, develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Hi everyone, Ron Spomer. Welcome to Ron Spomer Outdoors Podcast. A special today, uh, Father's Day is coming up and I lost my father back in 2005 and... I just want to use this as an opportunity to remind everyone who still has a father to love that father and tell him all the wonderful things you need to tell your father that you often don't think about until it's too late. If you've uh, got any butting heads issues with your dad, I would recommend getting those cleared up before something tragic might happen too, because we're all going to end up with uh, losing our fathers at some point, unless his father is so unfortunate as to lose his son or daughter first. Gosh, I hope not. But this is life. Uh, This is reality. And I had a wonderful relationship with my father. Uh, We weren't butting heads. He was a, a gentleman and a very kind man. After he passed, I wrote this tribute that I think sums him up fairly well and describes a bit of our relationship and how I became a hunter. So this uh, was published initially in Sporting Classics magazine, which I highly recommend. They have quality writing in that publication and photography. It's just really a great magazine. But I've just pulled this one up off of my uh, files here, so I don't even know the title that they gave it, but I think it was probably called Dad Wasn't a Hunter. Dad wasn't a hunter, but he was an enabler. We were farm kids, mostly, third-generation Norwegians and Krauts and Bohemians and Dutch immigrants, but we put no hyphens in front of American. We were racing the Russians to space, and Roger Maris was chasing Babe Ruth's run record, and the British bad boys of rock and roll had a whole lot of shaking going on. But the biggest thrill in rural South Dakota was hunting. Pheasants in the corn, ducks in the sloughs, jackrabbits in the pastures and plowed ground. So we went hunting every chance we got without dad. Walter Philip Spomer worked. Everyone's dad worked back then, and most moms, six days a week, often seven. They'd all come through the Depression, and they took nothing for granted. Next to godliness and cleanliness, hard work was the greatest virtue. Life had to be wrestled from the black prairie earth, and it didn't roll over easily. During his 82 years, Dad grew the corn, raised the beef, butchered it, turned it into sausage, cooked it, and served it at his small-town cafe. He also managed to shingle every church in town and paint half the barns and houses in the county. And every summer, he played baseball, but he didn't hunt. 
Dad left the house in the dark, whistling, and returned in the dark, whistling. Dad whistled while he worked, but he'd stop working when someone needed a tenor to sing the Lord's Prayer at a wedding or a funeral. That was nearly every weekend. In his later years, he mowed lawns and shoveled driveways for widows, took food to shut-ins, visited old folks he didn't even know in the Good Samaritan Center. In his younger years, every summer, he made time to coach Little League Baseball. A son should write about a father like that, pen one of those last great hunt tearjerkers about how the old man took his old dog for one last pass through the cornfield or handed his boy the old Model 70 right after he shot his last deer with it. But I can't, because Dad wasn't a hunter, though he could have been. Look up hand-eye coordination in the dictionary, and there's a picture of my dad. Walt could hit anything he threw at with anything he threw. Darts, balls, rocks. He once flung a stone at a streaking cottontail his sons had missed with their twenty-twos, and he cold-cocked it. Imagine what he could have done with a shotgun. Typically, however, he threw baseballs. The man was nuts about baseball. Walter, what have you in your pocket? A primary school teacher once demanded of him. It's just my ball, Dad reportedly replied, instinctively reaching for the familiar rasp of stitched leather. He got to keep that ball, but he went home with a letter of reprimand, which prompted a half-hearted scolding from his mother. Walter, you win that baseball. I think they'll end up burying you with that baseball. His dedication to baseball paid off as the MVP trophy from a 1949 Sioux Falls tournament proclaims. Dad played shortstop and third base and first and second unless he was pitching or catching or roaming the outfield. He never cursed, never argued a bad call. We'll get it back next inning. Just go out and play good ball, score runs. They can't beat us if we score more runs. That's what he'd say. For a little guy, just five foot eight, he had a decent fastball and a good curve, but his sinking knuckler foiled most would-be hitters. It floated in like a balloon, every stitch as big as a rope, and then the bottom fell out. Walt could hit, too, for distance. Arms and shoulders sculpted from milking, pitching bundles of grain, lifting quarters of beef. One spring, when he was already 40 and had just moved to a new town and job, a carload of boys drove up and begged him to be their ninth man so that they didn't have to forfeit the first game of the season. Dad dug his glove and bat from a packing box, struck out 11 batters, and hit a pair of doubles, a triple, and a home run. He came home whistling, but he didn't go hunting. Dad never hunted, but he taught us how. I suppose he was disappointed, as most fathers are when his boys didn't share his love of the game. We played in high school, but once we'd experienced the adrenaline rush of a flushing rooster, the misty promise of a duck slew at dawn, well, our allegiance switched from bats and balls to barrels and bullets. Well, Dad didn't miss a beat. He saw to it that Grandpa's 410 single-shot varmint gun was moved from the farmhouse to our bedroom closet. When hard cash was required for new 22s and 20 gauges, he found butcher blocks that needed scraping and meat saws that needed scrubbing at a dollar a job. When we needed adult supervision and transportation to the slough for the waterfall opener, he assigned his hired man the job and he plugged the gap at work himself, working until midnight. Never complained. 
When we stopped in with limits of curly-tailed mallards at dark, Dad would take them, whistling, and clean them back in the slaughter room, the concrete floor still wet from his end-of-day scrubbing. When a school band trip took us away from the trap line, Dad was up extra early to run it for us. He did some of our best scouting, too, right from his butcher shop, cafe, or painting ladder. Hey, Albert Schmidt said something has gotten into his chickens last night and killed half of them. You better get out there with some traps. Owen Buchholz says there's a lot of roosters around his place. Hans said you should come over and shoot those squirrels getting into his corn. Dad knew everyone, and we reaped the rewards. Too soft-hearted and generous to make a killing in any business, Dad nevertheless held on to the farm and added a few acres when he could, assuring us that we'd always have a share of the good earth our ancestors had suffered and toiled to secure. He even let us establish several acres of set-aside, a small wetland where we now find mallards and pheasants and whitetails. He never hunted, but he knew we'd always want to. I had vague hopes that Dad might take up pheasant hunting when he retired, but he never did. Retire. Seventy-nine years went by, and he was still climbing ladders and painting neighborhood houses, collecting clothing for refugees, singing for funerals, and, along with Mom, cooking elaborate meals for family gatherings. Pheasant, squirrel, venison, turkey, anything we'd bring home, he'd turn into a feast. And he continued to help us hunt. I'll drive around the end of the field and pick you up, he'd say. And then he'd tour area farms and fields, admiring the crops, the new buildings, the old churches and cemeteries, while we worked a section for birds. The heart attacks didn't even slow him down much. He just made new friends in the hospital and in rehab, and then he returned to ushering at church, shoveling snow for widows, and singing for lonely folks living out their last years. No, Dad never hunted, but he taught us how. Always show up. Play fair, play hard, never complain, give more than you take, and whistle while you work. Walter Phillips Spomer died while napping in his easy chair after Sunday services. Just sitting there, we buried him on a South Dakota prairie within sight of the hill where I'd shot my first jackrabbit with the twenty-two Winchester I bought with the dollars I'd earned cleaning his butcher shop. Everyone at the funeral said he looked real natural. There was a baseball in his hand and two sons, two hunters, standing by who love him. I apologize, folks. I haven't cried over my dad for for several years. He's been gone for so long. But this, by the way, is his trophy. Most valuable player, 1949, Sioux Falls. What a guy. And this is the last baseball he pitched. And he wrote on there, 1942 to 1965 is when he played in the Sunshine League in South Dakota. And this was his first glove, and mine as well, a three-finger. That's what I learned to catch baseballs with. (laughs) So I hope you have fond memories of your father if he's gone. And if he's still around, I hope you make some. An important part of being a hunter, being a father, being a man is being a mentor to the younger crowd and the boys and girls, our children, our grandchildren, the neighbor kids, nieces and nephews, anyone. It's it's up to the men, the real men in the world to do what we were designed to do, to, to be good people, 
to do things right, to work hard, to always show up and and help out others and do the right thing. You know, it's just if more people in the world were like my dad and probably your dad and probably you, I think we would have a lot fewer of the problems we have these days. So I commend you for being a good father if you are one. And if you aren't, you've still got time. <laughs> yeah, we can always uh, improve. I think that's an important part of life is always striving to do better. Do the best you can and then strive to do better. Uh, whatever aspect of life you're entertaining, whether it's playing baseball or hunting. For me, it's it's always been the outdoors and hunting. But uh, I think dad will forgive me for not playing baseball as much as he did. <laughs> But I do feel like going out with my grandson and playing catch about now. Hey, this is Ron Spomer. Thanks for listening. Hunt honest and shoot straight. Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern, presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV.